You're fed up with the nine to five. You've been working hard for years and you're just not seeing the results you want. You want to break free from the traditional career, but don't know how. Business Breaks is here to help. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Business Breaks. I'm Dante Healy and I'm super excited for today's episode. So, what does it take to write copy that generates over $900 million in sales? Well, just ask Adela Marcy, the copywriting expert who's been helping business owners and copywriters for over a decade with an impressive track record of helping clients bring in millions of dollars in revenue. Adil is a force to be reckoned with in the advertising space. So now, as a mentor to other copywriters and business owners, he's teamed up to launch a copywriting mastery mentoring program, which aims to help others generate the largest possible ROI for their advertising efforts. If you're looking to boost both your top and bottom line to scale your business profitably, Adil is the expert you need to know. Adil, welcome to Business Breaks. Hey Dante, great to have you. Great to be here. I was going to say great to have you on here and realize I'm on your show, but thank you for having me. I absolutely <laughs> get it. Thank you. And uh, feel free to invite me. I'd, I'd love to be a guest on your show. If, uh, oh, when I, when I restart, yes. I've literally podcasted for eight years. I've been out mm-hmm. the game for like a year and a half now. It feels really weird whenever I'm like, man, I should really get back on doing this podcast. But oh, yeah, nice. when, when it goes live, I'd love to have you on. Wonderful. And in the meantime, I'm super happy to have you on. I know you're a, a complete expert. Um, we've spoken before and you've really helped me out with my positioning and my kind of brand identity. So coming back to your backstory for the benefit of any of my listeners who might not know about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up deciding to be a copywriter? Okay. So first I'll say is it it feels like I had a choice, but the reality I I don't actually have I didn't have that much of a choice uh, growing up. So essentially what it is, uh so the full story, I won't bore you guys with all the details, but I'll give you some of them. At five years old, my dad was disabled for two years. He had a neurological issue that basically disabled his legs. Kind of a walking miracle after he recovered, which they were like, You're never gonna be able to do again. It's like holy crap, he's walking again. So during that two-year period, like it was the 90s. So it's between Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network in my house, between me and my big sister. So I was team Cartoon Network, obviously being five years old. And uh, I figured out the best thing to do was sit down and watch TV with my dad. And then when he moved, I could change the channel and no one can get mad at me. I was like a little, I was a little bit manipulative and a little bit of an evil genius as a child, if you want to put it that way. I just knew how to get my way when I needed it. Anyway, so I'm sat there and my dad's TV diet, so to say, because he couldn't really walk, bless him. Uh, he couldn't walk at all. Was uh, the news, because he loved the news, did his dying day. Uh, I'm not a fan, so that's quite interesting. But then it was 15 to 1, a British trivia game. It's all about random ass trivia, like really random trivia. Then you had Countdown, another British game, which is basically about words and numbers, and you have 30 seconds. It used to be a minute back in the 90s, and then they changed it to like 30 seconds at one point or another. But it was really, really cool. And then finally, it was watching two hours of the Home Shopping Channel for you know every day. So it was six days a week, two hours a day. I've got well five days a week, and then six days it was like sh- shopping and selling being basically taught to me. But like five days a week, I had um, trivia 
pro levels of propaganda followed up by um, words and numbers and quick thinking and strategic thought all my brain and any psychologist worth their salt will tell you you basically start forming who you are up until the age of seven you don't really have an identity by then you don't have a conscious brain so my unconscious mind had basically understood how to sell and how to use that process uh fast forward to the time i'm 12 years old my dad is able to walk again and my teachers pull my parents aside at parents evening. I'm 11, 12 years old. And they're like, listen, your son's smart, but the problem is he's really, really slow at writing. He needs to improve his speed. Fun story is as a child, if I made a single mistake on my page, I'd have to rip the whole page out and start again. Uh, as an adult, my handwriting is really messy because they told me speed was better than comprehension for whatever reason. So I just started writing stories. Now my parents separated for two years and then they got back together. But in that two-year period, my mother, my sister, and I had moved uh, to basically the other side of town. Oh, can you still hear me? Oh, I hope this is all okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh. I was on mute. <laughs> oh, perfect. No worries. I thought for a second because the camera went weird. Anyway, as long as we're good, it's all fine. Uh, so what ended up happening basically was during that period, I got really... Uh, my dad basically told me that I need to start writing stories. And he was like, I don't care. After school, you got to write stories. So I kept writing stories after my parents separated during the time period. I had a two-hour commute to school, like total, so like an hour there, an hour back. I was a shy kid. I had some confidence, but I was really shy. So I'd just sit down and write and make jokes and journal and study and listen to hip-hop and do the stuff you did in the year 2002, I guess, um, 2001, 2002. I'm sat there, I'm just thinking of things, I'm just writing them down, I'm just expressing myself. And at this point, I don't know what creativity is, I just know I'm having fun with it, because I've always loved artwork. And I just handed these things to my dad. Fast forward six years, I'm 18 years old, I've dropped out of school at the age of 17. My parents weren't mad at me, which is really surprising given my ethnicity and my background. Uh, we ended up basically having like a really good time, I ended up starting working almost immediately. Uh, then I started a network marketing company, and it was around this time after leaving the network marketing company, I went to a seminar where I asked, you know, I went to a seminar, I loved it. Three months later, I was crewing at the same seminar, so I was part of the crew. Uh, I got to meet the speakers on one of the days. It was in September, September 26th or 28th, I think. Uh, and while I was there, I got along with them. I just had this really good ability of networking people. I'm 18, 19 years old. People are really like, we're all having a good time, having a good laugh. And what's crazy is that i've been at this point i'm like six months to a year into like affiliate marketing trying to figure stuff out do mlm whatever it is and i remember sitting down someone asked me what are you good at and i said i'm terrible at traffic and said no 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 what are you good at though i was like uh i had 10 people read a blog post and seven gave me money and they were like holy crap that's 70 percent conversion rate you're a natural born copywriter i was like what's one of those um shortly after i got introduced to john carlton through frank kern just by reading his emails and stuff. And then from John Carlton, I figured out about Gary Halbert. From Gary Halbert, I understood how you have to be how understood how you have to be good at every form of selling if you really want to be a good copywriter. So I took on every job in selling from uh, commission-only door-to-door sales to telesales to front ends. I basically did every kind of sales job you can imagine. And that toughened me up and that got me really into a point where I could actually have conversations with people and just loved having conversations. And that was it basically around that time. Like I said, when I got back from the seminar and after I spoke to everyone, I spoke to my dad because he asked me what I was doing with my life. And I said, well, I want to be a copywriter. And he was like, what's one of those? Like, oh, it's an advertising person. He went and found a folder and he gave it to me. He goes, read some of the ads. So I'm reading the ads and a couple of ads in, they sound really familiar. Uh, Look at him. I was like, why do these sound familiar? He's like, you wrote them. 
I was like, what do you mean? He goes, we used to take your stories and take them down to our copywriters when you were a kid to like our advertising people and they'd write advertising for us and use them because like what you wrote was good enough as a basis and they would just expand on it and add a call to action, ship it out. It's like, holy crap. So yeah, most of my life kind of has geared me up to doing this. The reason I can think on my feet is because I did stand up comedy for a really long time. And, uh, you know, I also had a couple of rap battles when you were, you know, in your 2000s and that was a thing that you were into. I just loved intricate lyrics, uh, lyrics and lyricism. And yeah, so I kind of fell in love with words and epistemology, and it's allowed me to express my creativity in multiple ways. So that's how I got into what I do. I will say this much by time, if the show comes around, comes out around September, I think I would have crossed the billion dollar mark by then for my clients as well. So we're edging closer and closer to that billion dollars made uh, in a 15 year career. Wow. Uh, amazing backstory and also incredible milestone coming up so yeah yeah the billion yeah. dollar copywriter <laughs> yeah I, it's funny i've seen so many people actually use that as well i'm like i know you haven't because i've actually destroyed your i've destroyed some of your stuff i'm like i'm not gonna say anything i'm gonna keep going yes yeah, it's, it's interesting i mean people do tend to feel like they need to shall we say exaggerate their achievements uh, almost like to try and impress or attract attention and it's one of the things you see on social media is how much of it is actually factually correct and how much of it did you even write yourself with generative AI. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of that and probably to a certain extent, a lot more content, but a lot less quality and a lot more skepticism. Do you think yeah. that's a thing? Like, what would you, wait, which part is a thing? Because there was a few things that I wanted right, to ask. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like a... Should we say a, a trend on social media? A, first off, everyone wants to do it because they yeah. can see the opportunity. COVID got people thinking, reevaluating well, their nine to five. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to just jump in there. And I, I, know where you're, I think I know where you're going with that. So there's two responses, yeah. COVID, people jumping in. What was the last one? There's a third about AI. Yeah, generative AI, creating more content, making it easier for people to sort of like produce something that is possible. Because they may not have the writing skills or even come up with the words. But if you yeah. ask AI to say, write me some copy for selling my CV writing services, for example. Yeah. So let's go backwards. So AI is, it's a tool. That's literally what it is. And will it, resp it the way I look at it, AI is the equivalent of a power drill to what a screwdriver is. Is it really going to make that much of a big difference? Yes. Is it really going to replace people that don't use AI? No, because not everyone uses AI. Because if you really want to look at it, uh, they're doing AI voice work right now, and someone actually really exposed this by saying, do you know how hard it is to actually have a conversation using just AI? It's really difficult, because even if you're like splicing images together to create deep fake videos for podcasts of like Joe Rogan versus Joe Rogan, it doesn't sound natural. It doesn't have that habitual pattern. It doesn't have that ability to think unilaterally, essentially, um, and see things as differently as they could be. For instance, I'll give you an example with this. A handy, a handy person, or a handyman, if you will, they know how to use a power drill and they know how to use a screw, a screwdriver. They know how to do both. But if the average human at home who doesn't know their way around DIY toolkit decides to use a screwdriver and they've used the wrong size screw or they've over, they've basically pushed the uh, the screw itself too far deep into the wall and actually damaged the chip because they don't know where they're going uh, or they don't know how to use a screwdriver to actually like just tweak the smallest amount of turns. 
all of that basically makes the biggest difference. And it's a terrible example I'm giving, but essentially it's all about mastery and knowing how to use AI versus uh, it being the be all end all that it is. Yes, you can generate copy from it, but it's only going to give you a decent amount of conversion because it can't mimic the human emotional connection. Like I will, I'll, I'll take, I'll put that to the bank any any day of the week. AI can beat me on some days, but most times I will win nine out of ten times or seven out of ten times. Like just because you can understand the human ideas and ideation around thought processes and stuff like that, and other copywriters can do that too because it's not that difficult to do. But if you use this tool, it's wonderful. The other stuff about like people jumping into the copywriting world, I've said it since about 2016, 17, since the downlock days. We've had an influx of what I call bullshit copywriters, honestly. Like, I don't consider them copywriters. They're glorified content writers that understood how to write sales copy. That's all. Because if you, because Gary Halbert said this, one of the, like, the way every great copywriter knows how to sell outside of writing copy. And I've met enough copywriters who can't sell for toffee. Like, they're just terrible salespeople, but they're good copywriters. So it's like, it doesn't really add up. So you got to have the ability to sell, know how humans interact and what they do and have that conversation and also be able to write. And just to dispel this, I'm an extrovert, believe it or not. I, I think mm. people actually can believe that I'm an extrovert. I love people. But some of the best copywriters I know are all introverts. They, they cannot be around people for too long. Extroverts, we're good at what we do, but we can get easily distracted. So it takes a lot of discipline and time to get there. And finally, the thing with writing copy, it's not so much the words that go into it. It's knowing the message that you're trying to put across. Pardon me, that it's the message you're trying to put across in such a way that people can actually interact with you and figure out what they're trying to say in such a way that connects with them on a deep emotional basis. That's literally it. If you can do that, you're golden. Or as my friend Jesse Alder says, there are th- what are the three things? If you can, if you can explain, no, I mean three things. It's if you can explain someone's problem to them better than they can explain it to themselves, you have a customer for life. That makes yeah. sense. So I hope that answers. <laughs> it does. It does, and it gives a lot of people a lot of hope who may not be too in, enamored with AI or even feeling threatened by it. I know yeah. I I have sometimes an existential crisis about what's going on. It is a lot of it is hype, but you don't know where it's going. If they yeah. get the tools a little bit sharper, yeah, a little bit I mean, better data in there, so the outputs are better quality. Yeah, and. Yeah, stacking skills as well, or stacking tools. Again, it comes back to the yeah. toolbox, right? Right, but can it, the question I always have is like, can it feel? I'll give you an example. Do you reckon machine learning or even artificial intelligence will ever, it probably will probably get to this point at some point, but you know, I hope not because we've seen The Matrix, we've seen Terminator, and we've seen all the other movies where AI gets out of control. It can't feel. Like mm-hmm. the moment AI learns how to feel, is the extinction point for humankind mm. because it doesn't make sense. Even like look at Marvel's uh, Avengers 2, Ultron. Ultron searched the internet for a day and was like, the solution is to wipe humanity out. Hmm. I mean, he probably went on Reddit, let's be honest. He was like, Reddit, uh, <laughs> wipe them out. But this is what I mean. AI isn't going to get to the point where it can feel and connect emotionally. Like for instance, it can give you a good baseline. Like, if you're stuck at coming up with ideas, it'll give you a great, oh, by the way, you know how you should write this? Like, this kind of idea, and you can have little tweaks and it's like how it would work out. But then you got to pour in the emotion, and that's the glue that, like, AI can't yet master. Brilliant. And uh, speaking of that emotion, what are some of those strategies you use to tap into those emotions through that compelling, shall we say, storytelling maybe, 
but also the empathy that you have to inject into your copywriting to connect with that target buyer. Well, it's really interesting because it really comes down to understanding humans. Realistically, that's what copywriting is. It's selling, but it's also deep psychology. So I'll give an example. It's two o'clock in the morning and you have a 300 pound or $400 bill to pay in two days. The money that you're expecting to arrive in your account still hasn't arrived in your account. You're hoping it comes the next day, but you really don't know how you're going to come up with $300 pounds slash $400 in the next 24, 48 hour period. What feelings are you feeling? Scared as hell. Honestly, you right. feel like, you know, what's going to happen? You're in the unknown. You, If I was to describe it emotionally, you're standing on the edge of the precipice of a cliff. It's, I don't know, 60 to 80 feet drop. There's rocks at the bottom, crashing mm-hmm. waves. You're like, you, you feel like, oh, how do I, how do I stop myself slowly edging off the cliff? Exactly. Now, imagine... If I actually wrote that in a way that was, you're breathing shallow, you're anxious, you're scared, you're nervous, you're feeling bleak. And if I wrote that to an ad, something along the lines of, it's three o'clock in the morning and your eyes and your mind is racing. You should be resting, but you can't catch a wink at night. There's something gnawing at the back of your head. You know exactly what it is and you're trying to drown it out with all your might. You've listened to hypnosis programs. You've listened to ASMR. You've tried to take sleeping pills. You've done almost everything shy of taking illegal substances to knock yourself out. Or uh, not even illegal. Like you've done everything shy close to almost putting yourself into a chemical coma to get some rest. Why? Because in 24 hours, your life can either change or be destroyed. And then that, that puts you right into the setting. You're like, I'm right there. I know that feeling. If you told an AI to write a story based around someone's emotional anxiety from like being in debt for $400 all the way up to like finding salvation, what it is, what you'll get is a similar story, but it won't have the emotional feelings of like your heart racing. Like it can say your heart is racing, but this is how do I put this. There's an emotional, energetic, unspoken vibration that comes off the page. I'm going to sound esoteric as hell when I say this. When you're reading copy, if you know the person's voice, it sounds like them. There are certain nuances, there are certain words, there are certain phrases, there are certain ways that sentences are written that sound like that person. This is also another thing that makes you a great copywriter is you have to be able to become a chameleon into someone else's skin and be able to write as them. It's the same as acting, but that's what I mean. AI is not going to be able to replicate those things. It's like saying an AI robot eventually replaces all actors. You'll end up with Calculon, which is wonderful, but if you even watch Futurama, you'll realize that all my, all my robot circuits do have a few human characters in them because they have to because it brings an emotional glue to the story. Otherwise, you get one-dimensional characters like Captain Jack Sparrow who end up basically kill, killing off a franchise because it's the wrong person to bet on. And it has to be very visceral, as you say, applying that psychology to tap into that human psyche at that particular point in time where you're just, shall we say, sparking the memories of that emotion and hooking them in. Hence, I guess, the term hook. Um, Interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. That's that's fascinating. So when we talk about targeting your ideal customer, what kind of strategies could you apply to ensure that your writing appeals to that specific person? Or I'm glad that you say this. I have very unique ways of doing this. So with AI now, you can actually put in all these things and it'll give you like a full custom profile, which is wonderful. It makes research 
a breeze. There's a long-form method that I use, which uh, utilizes YouTube in a separate Google account, where essentially you get someone to um, build a YouTube profile around their ideal customer, and YouTube's algorithm ends up basically showing you exactly what everyone else is searching that's also in your demographics, so you understand what's going on in their brain inside their cultural zeitgeist with about three months' worth of work, and it's continually updated. It's wonderful. The third method is the one I like to call the celebrity method. And the celebrity method is quite easy to do. Now, the celebrity method is something I don't really talk about much, so this is kind of an exclusive, but I will actually go into it uh, on a higher level. The celebrity method is essentially designed to look at who in movies, TV shows, literature best represents who you would be selling to. And you look at that character, because movies have to make their character realistic, make them three-dimensional, make them feel like they have a backstory as they basically have a life. So why would you try and create an avatar that you're speaking to rather than basically basing it on one that you've already seen on the silver screen so many times that you know the backstory of their entire forums dedicated? Perfect example, John Wick. A lot of people say Keanu Reeves is a bit wooden, but on my website, if you guys go to greatcopywriterlife.com, you look through the blog post, you'll see something called Keanu. Keanu Reeves, in my opinion, is one of the best actors of all time. Why? Because he doesn't play anyone different or anything else. What he plays is the wooden mask. And the wooden mask is for the average person to step into the shoes of that character in order to become them. Think about his most iconic roles. Neo from The Matrix was just an everyday software programmer that ends up basically breaking out. And he's not anything special. He's totally special, but he's not really anything special. John Wick, man is driven by vengeance. And that's all it is. Because think about it. If they killed your dog, I'm not even, I don't even have dogs. I had cats. But if you killed my goddamn animal, I want to hunt you down and kill you. I don't care if you're the Russian mob. I'll kill you. Mm -hmm. That taps into the most basic human instinct of revenge in such a visceral way. And it's unique because people know that if you kill my dog, I want to murder you. That's why they had to do it. And then it tells this epic tale. So going back to it, how you do this research is look at the person you're selling to and look at which character they best represent. Are you selling to the popular person that secretly has anxiety? Are you selling to the person that seemingly has their entire life messed up and doesn't know how to turn around? And look at life as movies. That's what that's one of my favorite things. Like There are moments in my life where I've said there's uh, the all is lost moment where everything looks like it's about to go down, everything is losing, and it's right before the giant spike. It's like, where you're, like if you watch a movie montage, it looks like two or three minutes worth of like time is passing. But the time passing is like two or three months, if not two or three years. It's, it's, it's a dedicated space of time. You're just seeing the highlights of them working towards it. What you're not seeing is the lowlights of them basically having days where the, the character's like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> Rocky Three is a great example. There's a montage in there where Rocky literally says, I feel like I'm going to lose everything, the money, the cost, everything. I don't think I've got it in me anymore. And what does he do? He comes back, his wife comforts him. He comes back and he kicks the crap out of uh, Club of Lang. It's wonderful. And it's that drive, it's finding that passion. So going back into it, you'd look at a character like that and you think, when you're thinking of your customer's avatars, you think about who they're playing, where they are in their story, what's going on, and then you write to that person because the person that's going through that can relate to it. Do you know, let me ask you a dumbass question right now. Dante, it's really, really easy. It's a dumb question though. What's your favorite TV show? Oh God, I haven't watched TV in ages, but... Uh... Netflix as well counts, basically any kind of media or movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Now you got me. Uh, I, I, yeah, Animal Kingdom was good. I actually enjoy crime series. Okay, cool. Uh, I haven't seen Animal Kingdom, but okay. What crime se- series do you really enjoy? Uh, Sopranos, Broadwalk Empire. 
those sort let's, of things. Let's go with Sopranos, right? Is there a character in The Sopranos that you relate to? It's very hard. I find them fascinating. I'm not someone... I'm someone who plays by the rules. So for me, they're exciting. They're not someone I personally can relate right. to, but they're people I, I kind of find fascinating to observe, especially right. how their characters play out. What got yeah. them to take those actions, make those life choices, the benefits they get, the f- the their fight for status, power within their group as well. Yeah. So if you look... So if you look at all of that, and even if you're the type of person who doesn't really like, hey, I'm not that type of person, there's a part of you, there's an element of you, and I can guarantee it, that looks at shows like that and can see yourself playing out a way, or like, I would totally do that if I was in that situation. You can have those thoughts. Everyone has those thoughts. Mm. You just got to figure out who you're selling to, and then reverse engineer the feelings they have. Like, for instance, if I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I can be like, I'm a mix of this, this, and this character. Fine. I know the psyche that I'm writing to because I know exactly what type of complex person I'm making who I'm selling this to. And I can see them on my screen. I can see how they would interact in different situations. And then I can write a letter based on that to sell my product. Yeah. So you basically hijack Hollywood's psychology machine and use it for your own good. (laughs) I think, yeah, definitely some of the uh, more recent, uh, well, less recent stuff, should I say. I think Hollywood entertainment is kind of taken a nosedive but maybe that's just me <laughs> no it really has it has that they've they've tried they've leaned way too much into one type of thinking rather yeah. than making it equal because again there are certain characters that don't stand out anymore you don't have certain aspects that what they're doing it in the kindest way i can say this they're almost trying to scrub the image whereas hollywood in the past has been kind of like a mirror to society this is trying to eliminate and only like whitewash parts of it. It's pushing an agenda versus basically what it is. Like if that was the case, taxi driver wouldn't be as good as it is. Goodfellas wouldn't be as good as it is. You know, the Godfather, all these things would be enough, but there are still some great movies out there. There are some great directors. There are still some great people that create stuff, but look at movies as a whole and look at it as a character history and go, okay, who, who would buy this and who do I sell it to? And how do I embody that? And just that's how you find research, embody uh, that kind of way. Now, if you have a little bit more time, you could do it this way, where you basically embody the research by knowing who you're selling to and playing that character for a day or two or during certain times and play it out in your head with them. Because the reason I became successful in the way that I write uh, and the, the reason why the copy was so successful for my clients is quite simply because I was usually selling to myself. Mm. Like if my if my client was a health coach, I was like, okay, I'm out of shape. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to get back in shape. What do I what do I need to believe in order to do this? And I basically adopt those beliefs. I'd look at how my client would sell it to me. I'd think about how I'd sell it to myself, and I'd write to myself in that same headspace. That's amazing. Thank you so much. That is. I mean, a whole lot of wisdom condensed in there for your years of selling and writing and empathizing. And I mean, you've answered so many of my questions, uh, and a lot of them were about best practice, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, what are the common mistakes going the other way? What, what, are, what are typical things that bad copywriters do that make you go, ah? Like, oh my God, it's not even bad. It's just copywriters in general because I've seen some good ones do this and just 
frustrates the shit out of me. I'm going to give you a three. I'm going to give you three of them because they're really simple. The first one is the use of the word learn. Okay. I have a personal beef with this word. It sucks. It's terrible. I've put people in MRI machines to prove this point. So fuck everyone else that says I'm wrong. Yes, sometimes I can be wrong, but the majority of the times I'm actually right with this. The word learn, especially to an entrepreneurial personality type, one who basically wants to go out there, has a problem with authority. Don't use that word or don't use the word teach because I'll teach you or I'll show like I'll teach you a lesson. Usually it's quite threatening. It's never really a good thing. It's always a threatening thing. On top of that, most entrepreneurial types did not have a good time at school. You're literally telling them to go back to that time period. It has nothing to do with work. It's you're making it boring. So using words like discover, uncover, reveal, um, understand, show, all those are great words in replacement of that. So that's number one. Number two is my, I have such a fucking pet peeve with this and you can tell because I'm swearing a lot more now. It's literally having the design on a sales page being entirely sent to text. I want to murder the actual designer that came up with this bullshit or meet them and smack them in the face with a wet fish. If you can't tell I'm joking, I'm pretty much joking. I just have a really good deadpan face. But no, I don't like them. Like I'm being dead serious and I don't like them because the reason being it goes against everything that we're taught psychologically. If you're a graphic designer or a designer going, but Adel, it looks so much prettier in the middle. I don't give a fuck if it looks pretty. It doesn't work because here's why. Rudolf Flesch, about 100 plus years ago or 100 years ago, designed the schooling system in the West. Specifically, go from left to right, left to right. That is how your brain reads. Now, imagine how exhausted you feel when your eye line is going left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. It's so exhausting for your eyes to basically go from one distance to a short distance to a long distance to a short distance. Your attention doesn't act as much. So the brain being what it is in its infinite wisdom, I don't have a second pen nearby, so I'm going to show you the pen cap and lid. It basically narrows the focus to this, which means the copy over here and the copy over here stops being relevant and only the stuff in the middle is. Guess what happens then? You lose about 50, maybe even 60% of your sales impact and messaging on that alone. Here's the numbers, because I know there's some number nerds out there thinking I must be lying. There's a client of mine called Cassie. Cassie did $45,000 on her product launch. I looked at her copy afterwards and said, this is really good copy. You just change learn over, change to discover or uncover whatever it was. And also, please left align all your text except for subheadlines, headlines, call to actions, and anything else that needs to be in the middle. Her conversions went up 30 days later because she relaunched this product. Do you want to take a guess at how much, what the difference was? I said they already went up, but do you want to know what the difference was? Like, guess what the difference was? I'm going to choose a random number, uh, 5x. So, so 45,000 times by 5 is what, Adel? You should know it's 180, 235, 225-ish thousand. 225, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> It went up to it went up ten times. It was four hundred and fifty grand. So she did four hundred and fifty grand to the same list, not a new list, the exact same list. This was the only psychological change there was. So that leads me to my to the third thing that drives me insane: one sentence paragraphs. For the love of God, write in one sentence paragraphs. I don't care if you're an old head that basically says to me, that's not how copy is written. I know it isn't. But guess what? The mass majority of people are too lazy to read 
paragraph text that are longer than four lines. If I sent you a text message that was four lines or five lines of text long, you would be... Now, I'm the type of text that will send you a paragraph, like a long message. It's in one message, but it's multiple paragraphs with multiple one to two sentences all the way throughout. It's just sent as one because it annoys me to no end when I receive 15 messages that could have been one message. Like It just bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> but that's just a me thing. The majority of people send messages like that. that quick, little, quick little responses, quick little responses, quick little responses. Guess what that's doing to the psychology of the average buyer? They need to see those quick little responses, those little one-liners, because it sticks in their brain. And if it sticks in their brain, what ends up happening next is now they are actually conditioned to respond to that. Plus, their retention is a lot higher. So retention is a lot higher on one-sentence paragraphs than it is on multiple-layered sentence paragraphs. And yes, I'm talking as little as one word, full stop, new paragraph. That works too. Then you've also got to understand like where line breaks go. We can do a single drop line or a full paragraph line. Where it, there's a whole there's a whole formula to copy formatting that people just don't read. Yeah, and that's that's huge. I mean, I I have no idea about copy. I thought you're gonna you're gonna probably get a bit pissed, but I'm I'm not a copywriter, so I yeah. thought it was just it was all about the the words, the content, and how you write it. But it sounds like there's a lot more. On the mechanic side, maybe about pictures, etc. Yeah, how you how you word your call to action buttons, how you put your testimonials in, all of that probably. Oh, there's there's a whole formula that I created specifically around the process of writing a sales letter. Now there is no one way to write a sales letter. I'm just going to put that mm -hmm. out there. There's multiple ways to write a sales letter. There's the horror story. There's the adventure story. There's the comedic story. There's a tragic hero. There's so it's, there's as many ways of writing a sales letter as there are writing movie scripts. Not all of them are created equal because some of them work for certain markets. You can't write a you can't write a horror story script for a romantic comedy crowd. That doesn't flow correctly. You can't also write a drama piece, sorry, a period piece for a for a group of people that love comedy. It just would be too dry. It's it's messed up, especially if it's pitched as a comedy and it comes out as a period drama. If it's pitched as a horror and it comes out as a something else it needs to flow there's like areas that you can just be nearby there's complete opposite ends what i'm getting at here is what i did was i studied conversation amongst people and i looked at it and went okay what is the most common way like what is a universal one what is the negative type o blood type of writing sales copy and there is an actual process start to finish that answers every question from a customer's perspective i teach this in my course it's very simple but i'll give you guys a really simple way of doing this it would be headline intro like gives them something they can think about sub headline continues that story opening paragraph or the opening section creates enough of an open loop to actually kind of entice the conversation and then it goes into the introduction of who you are because they're going to be thinking who the fuck are you if you can get the who the fuck are you out of the way right away, the rest of the message is far more powerful. And the best part about that is you can repeat what you said a little bit in the opening paragraph because now you're closing the loop. That's basically like that kind of psychology. If you're writing a horror story script, what you're essentially doing is putting someone in the middle of their worst nightmare and essentially bringing them back from that place of anxiety and calming them down. But a horror story script is all about spiking your fucking anxiety levels and your adrenaline to get an action. My style is all about removing as much fear as humanly possible while having a good time and telling a good story that makes you feel good when you get to the end. Those like the differences. and. That, there's so much deep psychology in this one, the mechanics of how it's all written, what goes where and who says what and why. 
and I can rant about this all day, and I usually do. <laughs> no, but it's perfect because what I get from that is there's a very clear structure. If you want to phrase it well, make sure you keep their attention as you're answering all of their questions and taking them through that journey that leads them to conclude that what they're feeling is relevant to what you're offering in terms of your products or services. Exactly. That's amazing. Wow. I'm like mind blown right now. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And again, the, the funny thing is like I design frameworks to be easy for everything that I do. And the reason I create frameworks is because those frameworks allow my brain and everyone else's brain to kind of go, oh, that makes so much more sense because now I can see how it works versus like, oh, this looks like a mystical mysticism. Well, and yes, yeah. I did use the words mystical mysticism, but that should not have actually worked in the way that it did. Made sense to me. <laughs> Wonderful. Abracadabra. Uh, <laughs> may the 4th. And, yeah, may the 4th be with you. It is May the 4th. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and also the 6th. And uh, yeah. Oh, could, well. like You know what? I, I don't know if you do this, but like I usually try and watch the trilogy on May the 4th. And then like on the 6th, I watch the prequel trilogy. And mm. by watch the prequel trilogy, I literally mean I skip through the lightsaber battles and just watch those. Because <laughs> I've seen bits. them in a Oh, yeah. Definitely. Jewel of Fates? Are we kidding? Jewel of Fates. Come on, people. Great piece. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. you can't beat some Star Wars lore. I mean, Jedi is an official religion. Hell, if I if I wasn't an atheist, I'd convert. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, maybe I'm just high on this uh, insightful conversation. And I know we're running out of time, and I've squeezed a lot of value out of you oh, already. Perfect. But I am. I still have a couple of questions, and then Please, a few personal ones. Yeah, go for it. So, dude, I'm here. Thanks, mate. And um, how can copywriting be used to increase the ROI? Obviously, you increase sales, but are there any other other ways that copywriting does that ROI generation? Yeah. Again, this is kind of what it comes down to what I consider the death of the copywriter from 2017. Because a lot of them, like I said, glorified content writers don't know shit about sales strategy, marketing, product creation, any of this stuff. Mm. When I came up and when I came through the system, when I was taught how to write copy, it was quite simply this. You had to know every fucking bit of the business, okay? You need to know how to generate traffic. You need to know where to buy the ads. You need to know exactly how the product was going to be created, how people would buy it, what they would do, the insights, the outsights, the every single bit of piece of copy and psychology that goes into an offer, you need to know it all. So creating an ROI was all about strategy. So for instance, if I'm coming into a client and they have a mailing list, let's say they have a mailing list of a uh, thousand people, like a really small mailing list, but it's very, very targeted. They get about 500 opens and they get a hundred clicks. Let's just say that's the, the strategy. And they come to me and they go, look, Adel, we've sold our program like crazy. We've literally sold out everything that we can. We're getting no more buyers and our conversion rates going in the toilet. What can we do? I come in, okay, let me tell, me tell me about what you guys do, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the very first thing that if you're running out of products to sell, strategy number one is find out what people want to buy, send them a survey, get them onto a webinar, find out what's going on. Great, got that, superb. Warm them up with a few good stories. Let me see what you've written before. Let me see what can come back next. That's the next strategy because you're creating re-engagement, but also uh, surveying. Once you've created those two things together, part three of the strategy is now about creating the offer and how to get paid for it up front before you even create it basically generate demand. That's the next stage. And then after that, you have another area of how do you maximize the lifetime purchase? So what have they bought before that they would most likely buy again? And you look at all these different elements and then you say, okay, 
Well, who can you partner up with? Who's your JV? Who is your competition? Who can you actually sell to? Which audience can you get in front of? There are so many different methods and methodologies we've done to look at that just make life a lot easier. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a brilliant and, sorry. No, go on. Sorry, that was a brilliant one. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say a lot of things I've observed now make more sense in terms yeah. of what I've seen, especially on social media where you see people uh forming strategic alliances, collaborations, and it is to an extent it's being able to find those partnerships which are mutually beneficial and hopefully cross promote um to yeah. the same similar customers. Yeah. It's kind of like I've got a so I've got several courses I created, but there's one version of my course that I literally just white labeled to a friend of mine. And what he does is he sells it because he went through it. He loved it. It was like, dude, I want to be an affiliate. So I sent him access to the product files. He has everything. He sells it on my behalf and I get a royalty check every month. Wow. And that's simply because that all comes down to actually having a strategic partnership, which is wonderful. So what's your next question? I'm curious. Interesting. So I'm, I'm going to go on to social media now. And how can, I was going to say, how can copywriters leverage social media, but how can people leverage copywriting skills on social media to enable them to connect with their target audience? Keywords are social. Mm. So this is something that like I always look at, and I've tried it in a bunch of different ways, and I feel like the best thing you can always do is be yourself. Mm. like being yourself is wonderful you can be strategic about it there's people out there saying you don't need to talk about your personal problems that people say you talk too much about your personal problems you need to find that happy balance like the way i look at social media is the people that know me that like me that trust me that do deals with me that are my friends and stuff those people literally all come from a combination of seeing my results and also seeing my sense of humor seeing what i talk about seeing how my mind works in different ways i there's some posts I don't even get any interaction on, but I'll get private messages going, I read that post, it was absolutely amazing, can we work together? I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, fair enough, I was just talking about like how mm-hmm. this cloud looked like a goddamn poodle and it made me laugh for 20 minutes. They're like, what the fuck? So stuff like that really, really works. But the key thing is, you're talking to one person. Just imagine you're at a party and you're getting to know people and there's someone there that you really want to talk to and get to know and all of a sudden you're like, okay, how would I speak to them? And that's what your network is. They're just a group of people that have like-minded situations. So talk about like-minded shit. If they're all D&D players, talk about D&D shit. If you're all movie people, talk about movie shit. If they're all business owners, find out what else you have in common and have that conversation. Do you know how many business owners I found that start doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? It's an insane number of people, which is wonderful. But at the same time, there's a bunch of them that are starting now. And I'm like, guys, I've been training for eight years. So if we got on the mats, we're going to have a lot of fun. Like I'm actually really looking forward to like sparring with you. But at the same time, we now have something else to talk about. Like we'll have a conversation mm-hmm. about like, oh, what's some like if I've got more experience, like, oh, what's something you like deal with, or if they're ahead of me, I'm like, what did you do differently and whatever it is. And I can have these great conversations around martial arts, MMA, <laughs> fighting, movies, and all that stuff. The key thing is also show your interests. You don't have to show every area of you, but show the interests of part of you that basically allow you to bond to your audience. For instance, you wouldn't go to a D&D tournament and start talking about how like your favorite sports team is absolutely crushing it and because not everyone might be into sports there. But let's say you find a D&D group that are into sports, but what they're not into is uh, fashion. And that's one of your other passions. You don't need to talk about it. You talk about what your audience basically connects with. 
that's really it. Uh, and then keep principle and copywriting. You're talking to one person who's your ideal customer and just put all your content out for them. Forget what everyone else says. If they don't like you, then basically they're not your, if they're not paying you, their opinion really doesn't matter in my opinion. If they're not paying you or relate to you, the opinion doesn't matter. Makes sense. Thank you. And uh, that was brilliant. Oh, brilliant. I was going to say, no, I was just going to add this in because I really want, because I realized I could come off quite weird. If they're not paying you, the opinion doesn't matter. If they're not related to you, the opinion don't matter. But the thing is, don't be unethical. That's like my biggest thing is be ethical in your business. When you're ethical, life becomes a lot easier. Makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. And ethical is the foundation of trust as well, which you have to have. Yeah. But here's the thing, because I know people, it's three foundations. There's how, how good are you? Mm. Uh, so what is it? Are you fast? Are you good? Are you reliable? And if you're all three, wonderful. But if you're two out of three, you're still good. And the problem, and this is a big one, I've been guilty of it before, where I've completely burned relationships because I've had personal things go on that have basically been out of my control. 2021 is a great year for that, as an example. But the reality is you try and make things happen, try and be good, and you still end up with a good reputation. That's wonderful because at the end of the day, you live and die by your reputation. It's one. And yeah. two, this is the key important part when it comes down to ethics. You sleep better at night. Mm. You'll make less, you might make less money. Actually, I will guarantee you will 90% less, more like, more than likely make less money than the unethical bastard. But I can guarantee you, yeah, going to sleep in billion dollar bed sheets feels wonderful. I can imagine, but you know, what's even better going to sleep with a clean conscience, not having to look over your back, not being stressed out, not being anxious, not being abusive towards drugs, alcohol, and everything else around the world to basically make yourself feel better because you already feel good as who you are. And as my friend Joe Fear likes to say, know when your enough point is. When you hit enough, then you're happy. But if you don't hit enough, then you're not happy. So much wisdom there. <laughs> Thanks. And yeah, definitely, you have to have a clean conscience and be able to look at yourself in the mirror and not be ashamed of who you are or exactly. afraid of how people perceive you. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. So thank you, Adil. This has been an incredible interview. And I'd Ooh. just like to wrap up Sorry, go on. Oh, before we wrap up, you said you had some personal questions for me, so please ask me some. Uh, that was it, actually. I was just ah, going to go yeah. into those. <laughs> and you actually partially answered the first one uh, with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So what else do you like to do in your spare time? Oh, sorry. I just literally like pants out there. I thought, we were like, I thought you were wrapping up, wrapping up. But okay, cool. Uh, my spare time. So I have a myriad of interests outside of business. Um, so I love psychology. Always have to inspire. I love copywriting. It's applied psychology. But uh, I love baking. I love cooking. Like a lot of like, if you ever let me go near a kitchen, that's my plan. I'm allowed to. Ooh, you're going to get some good food, especially if you can handle Like, let me cook. I, I love cooking. I also love baking. Funnily enough, this weekend I'm baking a loaf of I'm baking three loaves of bread, so I'm actually really looking nice. forward to that. So it's actually a lot of fun. But I used to be a podcaster, so there's that. There's martial arts. There's health and fitness, but I'm kind of off of my health and fitness right now, so I'm actually in recovery. So uh, had a few injuries when I was away, so mm -hmm. like recovering from that. I'm a nerd, so I play video games. I mean, I have my <laughs> Xbox controller. I have my PlayStation at my friend's place. I have an NDS that was in my hand because I found my NDS recently. I'm playing Super Mario Bros. Cause love super mario uh, mm -hmm. i'm a digital artist so i do a lot of digital artwork i love stand-up comedy um love weird ass documentaries mm -hmm. like comic books and stuff totally into that stuff i'm a huge movie nerd 
yeah, I just have really random interests. Like a lot of the stuff I'm into, a lot of people are into, which is nice. But like, I just have really strange interests outside of uh, business. Oh, including like researching really weird ancient shit, like Graham Hancock's re- like research on stuff, or hmm. sometimes reading about particle theory because that's always fun. Sounds like you have a rich, rich collection of interests, and um, that leads to a rich life. And wonderful. And um, thank you. In terms of books, uh, and it doesn't have to be about copywriting at all, uh, but what three books would you recommend to the listeners? Okay, three books. God, this is really hard. Okay. This is so, this reminds me of a question. Now I know how it feels. I used to ask a very similar question on my show and I love (laughs) it. Uh, Okay, so what three books and why? Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene because it's the most complete collection of his works on how humans basically work in the four cycles of destruction we go through between tough times, good times, hard times, soft times, uh, and then hard times again, and how that becomes a cyclical idea. So that's one. It's a wonderful book for understanding human psychology, how we work. Great for selling, and if you can tap into it, it's wonderful for that. So that's number one. Number two would be, this is a hard one, because I'm thinking through like so many different books here. Because like most of my books are actually in storage right now. So I think I have like 11 or 12 books in front of me that I'm thinking <laughs> about. Either. Screw it. I'm going to go for this one. This is a good one. Uh, Dan Kennedy's BS, uh, No BS, God, what was it? No BS Marketer, I think it is. It's basically a No BS series. It's the uh, for time management and productivity. Hmm. That was it. No BS Time Management for Entrepreneurs by Dan Kennedy. Absolutely wonderful. It's great for understanding your time management. Dan is like a massive producer, has been for a long time. It'll be wonderfully impactful for your business and how he does things. There's that. I'm currently reading through... Oh, ooh, okay. I'm going to give you five. I'll give you three that are my main and two honorable measures that have to be on there. The third one is... The third one is... What would be the third one? So we've got Robert Greene. we got Dan Kennedy. What am I on about? Why am I blanking on this? I know this one. The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Easily one of the best books I've ever written. It's, one of the books I, it's a book I read every Amazing. single year on my birthday. It's like the day after my birthday for three days. You'll see me reading mm-hmm. that book. I absolutely love it. And that's really, really wonderful. Uh, the fourth book, which is an honorable mention, is uh, Advertising Secrets of the Written Word by Robert by Joe Sugarman. Actually, any book by Joe Sugarman is absolutely wonderful. Um, it's either that or it's his uh, seven forces of success may he rest in peace it was recently his uh one year anniversary and also his birthday since he passed but joe's books are incredible the advertising secrets of the written word is for old school sales letters but teach this dude tested everything everything from like font size to dashes to dots to everything mm-hmm. this guy tested everything this book is like one of the most dense best books i've ever read in advertising it made me not want to release my course because of how good it was uh and of course my last book which is an audible mention number five uh, would possibly be because so many books in the world like how do you choose like a fifth book uh, actually you know i'm gonna give you guys a fiction book if you're into crime novels which i am i, I think you are as well dante the crucifix killer by chris carter uh, i was introduced to chris carter's work about seven or eight years ago i have loved every book this man has written um nearly every book there are a few that i'm kind of like you could have done better but like they're still really really good and well written entertaining and the reason that i love them is because it, it grips you the first one grips you like so hard that you really want to read the spoilers but you can't and it's just such a wonderfully well-written book. And the reason I recommend that is because it's a great way to study stories. Like it's a great way for understanding how the human brain works on that kind of stuff. Sixth book is an honorable mention just because I'm going through it right now is uh, High Performance Habits by um, Brandon Bouchard. 
there's so many books. I'm also thinking like green, like nothing audiobooks. You got your five next Bo- moves by Patrick Beck David and Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I've gone well over the three allotted books, by the way. I'm like seven at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, mate. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, last one, promise. Well, no, last please, two. Please. Go for uh, it. So do you have any exciting projects you're working on right now that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'm actually, so I've been working on this thing for a few years now. It's called the Encyclopedia of Copy. So if you go over to my website, greatestcopywriterolife.com, you can join my mailing list, which is wonderful. You get a lot of great emails on there and goodies. And it's designed for everyone that aren't, that isn't just copywriters. There's copyright stuff in there, but there's like business people there because it's designed to help you get better at this uh, craft. Um, but the Encyclopedia of Copy is basically my entire brain of writing copy in different formats, ad formats, templates, ideation. There's two versions of nearly every course I've designed because there's a long psychological drawn out version and there's a short, quick, here's what you need to know version because I wanted to give people what they needed, but some people are like me and now don't want to find out the psychology. There's a psychological version of everything. So there's that. On top of that, the CMMP, the Copywriting Mentory Mastery, Copywriting Mastery Mentorship Program, even I get sometimes tongue-tied with that, but the CMMP, as we like to call it, uh, that's in full swing at the moment. We're actually helping business owners connect to our copywriters, and we're taking on more copywriters as well. So it's a six-month commitment if you want to get mentored by me and uh, five other A-list copywriters, basically, at this point uh, that we have in there. We'll basically be mentoring you. We'll be critiquing your work line by line. We'll be advising you, helping you, and you also get a little bit one-on-one time with me, which is wonderful. You can book critique, you can book hot seat calls with me where I help mm-hmm. you solve problems. So a lot of fun there. Oh, and outside of that, there are two little fun non-businessy things that I'm doing right now. The first one is uh, actually to do with AI. It's a massive thing with how to use AI and AI voices. Uh, which I won't go into in too, de- too much depth right now because it's it's kind of like a big thing that we're working on right now. And the final thing, which is, I promise, the last one, like the big project I'm working on, as I mentioned earlier, is greatestcopywriterlife.com. I'm working on building that thing up and getting it where I need it to be because I reckon, I truly believe that when I actually do put my heart and soul into this, it will become the biggest resource for uh, marketers and business owners on on the planet. Wonderful. Exciting times, Adil. And thank you yeah. so much for sharing that and so many projects. And man, you're a busy guy. <laughs> what can I say? I, I love trying to keep busy. It's the best way to be. But I people are surprised how many hours I actually log just playing games. I, I'm super accessible. So if you guys ever want to talk to me, please reach. I love talking to people. And it's been a pleasurable conversation. Thank exactly. you so much, Adil. Um, final question, I promise. Please go for it. Where can our listeners find and connect with you online? Okay. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. Uh, if you find me at Adela Marcy, the reason being is I hit my stupid 500 person cap on 5,000 person cap on Facebook. I don't use Twitter that much. And Instagram, I reply back on my DMs. I'm very, very accessible. So you guys can find me at Adela Marcy. And on my website, graciouscopywriterlive.com, um, which will be live by the time the show comes out. You guys can see some posts, see some stuff that we're doing in that, join that mailing list, have a bit of fun and go from there. Because, you know, there's a lot of fun. So if you want to find me anywhere else, just DM me. You'll find me really easily. There's only one of me online. Uh, mate, I can say you have been a unique and very pleasurable guest on the show. So looking forward to uh, keeping in touch. And thank you so much for your uh, for your insights. 
thanks for having me, man. I've enjoyed being here. You're great. You're a great interviewer. And guys, if you haven't already, please rate and review and subscribe to this uh, podcast because I think he needs to know that you guys love him so he can keep producing great shit. So take care, guys. And thank you so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Adele. This podcast shares experiences and insights gained from business, IT, and digital finance. Hosted by two leaders who have made the leap themselves, this show is dedicated to helping listeners think differently about their career aspirations.